Hi, welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, the podcast for women over 45. My name's Karen O'Connor. I'm a blogger, author, entrepreneur, property developer, mother of four, and I've been married for 30 years. I love health and fitness and anything creative, and I'm absolutely fascinated with personal development and psychology. Join me each week for conversations about life beyond 45. I'll have inspiring stories, lots of guest interviews and tips and tricks to hack our brains so we can intentionally and deliberately create an amazing future for ourselves. If it's your first time here, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'd love it if you share this episode with your friends on social media and let me know your key takeaways because I'd love to hear them. Enjoy and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here today with Marianne Lecoeur, a French chic expert who has her own YouTube channel and is a best-selling author. So I invited her on today to tell us a little bit about herself and to talk about what she does. Now, you did something really interesting, Marianne, because you hit middle age and you decided to change your life completely, yeah? Yes. Uh, hello, Karen, and thank you, thank you very much for having me on your podcast today. You're very welcome. So, yes, <laughs> um, I was about 50 when I decided to leave my job in the corporate world. I was working in trademarks and I wrote a book in 2011 my first ever book, which was uh, How to Be Chic and Elegant. And a few months later, in the beginning of 2012, it became a bestseller in its three categories on Amazon. Wow. So (laughs) it was really unexpected. And I decided to leave my job in May 2012. So I was just just before I I reached 50 to continue writing. So did you you write that book while you were still at work? You were still in full-time employment and you wrote the book? Yes. So what That's made right. you want uh, to, like, because that, you know, it's got to take up a lot of time. What made you want to write the book? Well, I had wanted to write a book for years and years. And I think, you know, so many people want to write a book. I think, you know, I think we I heard mm. some people say we all have a book in us. And there was, you know, a book needed to come out, so to speak. And one afternoon, I sat down on my coffee table in the garden for two and a half hours and I just wrote and uh, and wrote and wrote for two and a half hours solid. Wow. And that book was born like this, you know, because I was thinking, oh, of course, it was like a light bulb over my head and that just guided me to write a book on, um, on style and uh, tips on style. And why that particular book? Why tips on style? I mean, did you look around everybody at work and go, mate, you really need some help with this? What was the trigger for it? Um, it was, uh, well, for years at work, I had been um, told I dressed well and uh, I'd been asked for advice and, you know, things that I, I find very easy to do. Many women didn't know how to do, so I gave my advice, you know, if it was needed. And I thought, well, it must be needed. So I started writing the tips. How did the book get to become an Amazon bestseller? What happened there? What did you do? Did you just put it up and leave it? Did you promote it? What happened? I, I was a completely unknown anywhere. I had no, well, I just created a YouTube channel at the same time as my book went published. I uh, created my, my blog at the same time as the book was published. I did not have any 
uh, marketing or um, I was a completely complete unknown so that book must have been well received on Amazon obviously it was because it became a bestseller in these categories a few months later <laughs> but um, that's without any any push or PR marketing of any sort and social media at that time was not you know in 2012 was not what social media is now so I was really an unknown and it just was picked up by uh, readers who you know who liked it obviously <laughs> And, and with regards to the website, did you know anything about an online business at the time? Um, simple answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> I created my, my website. It was not, um, you know, it, it was a very simple website. As as always follow my, my style tips anyway, you know, keep it simple. And so it was basically just a blog and I, you know, there was a few pages, a little bit of a, a bad page, the blog mainly. And I didn't have much else. So I wrote um, a blog post, I don't know, two or three times a week, maybe something like this. Um, that was about it. And that was on style? Yes, yes, it was on style. And yeah. then you gave up your job at 50. That was really brave. <laughs> well, technically, I was still 49. <laughs> 49 years young. Sorry, 49. You gave up your job at 49. So this like you've got a regular income and everything and you just suddenly go, yeah, no, you know what? I don't want to do that. You wanted to work full time on your business, on the online stuff? Well, I didn't think of it as a business. I was thinking of it as, um, as uh, being an author in those days because that's all I was doing. And at the time, I was, uh, I was no longer that happy at work anyway. If I was still happy at work, that would have been maybe a different thing. I was no longer happy at that, at that time at work. And you know, that corresponded at the same time as earning a good income via Amazon with my, the sale of my book. So I thought, yes, a good decision and can write the books. Bring us up to date briefly with what's happened since then. I wrote uh, four of the books. I wrote How to Be Chic. Um, and elegant for plus size women. I wrote how to be chic and elegant for pay shaped, for pay shape. And then the tidy closet, which again, the tidy closet was the success was uh, incredible. Again, it was, uh, it went to number one, it's three categories. And I had, uh, for a few months, I had the how to be chic and elegant and the tidy closet number one, number two. Wow. The other one was number two and number one um, for months. So it did really well as well. And then I did the Tidy Kitchen. I wrote the Tidy Kitchen in, when I was in Mexico because we moved to Mexico as well at, this, you know, at the time. <laughs> so you didn't just quit your job. You quit <laughs> your job and then you decided to move countries from... You were actually in Jersey, weren't you? That's right. In, in the Channel Islands. That's right, the island of Jersey. It's situation situated close to Normandy, where I live now. So I lived in Jersey for 30 years. This is why I can, you know, I'm bilingual. I had wanted to, to move out of Jersey and kind of live an expat life since 2005. So it was not an overnight, an overnight decision. The hardest thing was to convince my husband to, <laughs> to move away to the tropics. <laughs> he likes the cooler climes, doesn't he? He does, he does, he does. He enjoys the Normandy climate. So we stayed in Mexico and lived the really lovely expat life in the tropics, living the laptop lifestyle for two and a half years and decided to come back. And we were in France now because to be close to the family and our parents who are 
aging and their health is not the best. So yeah, we decided to come back for that reason. So now you don't really blog much anymore, do you? You've kind of moved on from the whole writing thing. Yes, that's right. So I have uh, written five books and now what I'm doing mainly is the videos. I do have videos on my YouTube channel as well as uh, courses I have written. I've created, I don't know, 25, 26 courses and a friendship academy. Uh, <laughs> One or well. two then. We got one or two things going on. <laughs> and these are all courses about style? Uh, all about style, except for one which is about eating like a French woman. This one is my most popular course. It teaches people about to change attitude about food, about the way to eat. It is not a diet. I call it a no diet diet. <laughs> but it is um, the losing weight. The weight loss has been a side effect of eating like a French woman. Because in France, the obesity rate is about half the rate as uh, the rate as in the US. So we eat, we eat differently. So I explain all that in my course and people absolutely love this course because they're having such amazing results. They're suddenly happy with a lot of stress and a lot of guilt around food and eating mm. has been removed. And they are, you know, it has changed their, their lifestyle as well because suddenly they are eating the family because eating with family in France is very important. So they're gathering with family, they relax, they're enjoying each other's company. Uh, so it's really a new, new way to, to eat and also a new way to live. So it's a really, really popular program. I love that one. It's not uh, like a recipe, follow this weight loss thing. It's mm-hmm. more about the psychology of eating, is it? And well, what is it? It's not, I don't give recipes because this is a way to eat that you can apply to your own life. So no matter where you live, no matter what your diet is, and I'm not talking about, you know, if you have special dietary requirements that you have to, to adhere to, yeah. but you may be used to eating a certain type of food and you can apply the French way to eat in that way. Uh, you don't have to eat to live in France or be using French food or French recipe to apply it, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's actually really cool. I really like that idea. And you've had massive success with that, haven't you? Mm-hmm. With In terms of the results that people have got? Really, really. And they love these things that I really, the surprise, I think something I didn't really expect is that women suddenly became happier by eating like this. It has changed their life at an important level, a day-to-day life not only what they ate, because I always keep telling them it's not so much what you eat, but how you eat. And as you said before, you know, it's, it's about the, the, you know, the mindset, the attitude to food, the attitude to eating and cooking and shopping, the mindfulness, being mindful of how you eat. And of course, mindfulness of how you eat is going to affect what you eat as well. So, you know, instead of eating without realizing when you're walking around or uh, watching television, suddenly you you sit down at a table, you lay the table nicely, you're actually eating good quality food, you take your time, you enjoy the conversation. And it's just a different way to live. The other thing that you did was about, is it 18 months ago? You kind of moved from writing to YouTube. That's right. Uh, I started my YouTube channel back in 2011, the same time as my first book. But I only did a video here, a video there. It was not really, uh, I didn't have that many videos. 
but 18 months ago, two years ago, something like that. Well, it started by the time when I was in um, my last year in Mexico. I started uh, giving more live streams and uh, videos, my YouTube channel. And suddenly about yes, 18 months, two years later, it started to really pick up. And now I'm doing three videos a week. And I give all sorts of tips about style, about body shapes, about outfits, uh, about shopping colors and prints and um it's really has uh, taken up <laughs> taken off <laughs> taken off sorry it's my friend <laughs> oh that's so funny <laughs> there is a massive difference in what you're doing one of the things you're really keen to point out is that there is a big difference between fashion and style oh yes it's, <laughs> oh yes i know one of your most successful videos was titled french women don't wear chanel Mm. so tell me what that was about or share share with us all what was that about <laughs> well i think and many people think that paris being the center for style and fashion that french women are wearing only designer clothes but of course we aren't and i explained this in my video is because we prefer style we prefer classic style classic and timeless style that lasts for years so we're not so much into trends because many trends are not going to last. And because the budget of French people is not very large, we're not earning large salary compared to other Western countries. And this affects, of course, what we're going to add in our wardrobe, our, our purchasing power. So, you know, even though, of course, we like um, designers and Chanel, doesn't mean we don't like them at all. But it's just like, you know, if we're going to... Um, on a daily basis, we're not going to buy just Chanel and Christian Dior. And so this is what I was explaining in that video. But yes, it's, it's been a really um, successful video. It, it's really fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Because what I've gleaned from our conversations over the years is that all of this, this season's trends, this season's outfit, this season's shoes, you just don't go for any of that, do you? It's not like you buy the new stuff that, that comes out every season that they put out. That's not how it goes, is it? No, because um, our wardrobe is essentially a um, classic wardrobe. So let's say I like to use the 80-20. So we have, for instance, probably a good 80% of our wardrobe that is classic and timeless. So with neutral colors, neutral shape, neutral style and maybe 20% or even less of something that is more trendy or outside this 80%. So, of course, every year we may buy items that are trendy because if they are new in the shops, of course, they are going to be at that trend of that year. But that would still be, most of the time, still in a kind of classic style with maybe a trendy little detailing, but something that will not age as quickly. Right. So can I ask you, just to be really specific, how often do you buy clothes? If you were to go out and buy a T-shirt, or no, you don't buy T-shirts, I'll take that back. <laughs> if you were to go out and buy a top or a pair of trousers or a pair of shoes, how often would you do that? Yes, I, I do wear T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do wear T-shirts. But it, you know, it's the type of T-shirts I wear. I don't buy the... I always call them the Disney t-shirt, you know, the high neckline and they cut wide and shapeless. I don't wear those, but they're going to be like the t-shirt you're wearing right now, you know, a nice neckline and taper to the body. So they have a shape and they show off your silhouette very nicely. So this is a difference. But a little a few times a year, I buy um, one item here, a couple of items there, but they are very much selected. I don't just go and shop and think, okay, I'm going to buy stuff today. I already know what needs to be 
added to my wardrobe and they're on the list. And when I see them and they are what I want to get, I will get them. And how do you keep on top of that? Because I know I go shopping and the one thing I'm really, really bad at getting is tops. I've heaps of skirts, shorts, trousers, whatever. Do you think I can find a top? Not a hope. And so when I do find a top that looks nice, and, and that I think is going to look okay on me. There is no way I'm relating that back to whatever bottoms I've got in my wardrobe. Mm. I'm just going to go out and buy a new pair that goes with it. How do you keep on top of what you've got in your wardrobe? Is it just because it's not constantly changing? Well, yes, that's one thing because it's a classic wardrobe. And uh, I uh, show that in my in various videos I have shown my uh, wardrobe. Can I just say as well, I love your wardrobe when you it's so oh. organized <laughs> and it's so visually inviting. I just want to come over to your wardrobe and give it a big hug. <laughs> and I've got to say, it's in the back of Marianne when she does a video, so you can see her wardrobe. It's uh, yeah, I do. I just want to come and give it a big hug. Like, oh, I want my wardrobe to look like oh, that. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll come and visit you and sort your wardrobe out. <laughs> Well, it is um, one technique that I mentioned in the Tidy Closet book is that, you know, if you categorize your, what you wear with, by color, mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I find is visually, you can see visually very well appealing by color, so it makes more sense. So for me, so it has always been in my mind, okay, I've got to go from light to dark. So my term, especially in this wardrobe now, it's so I have an area for white and off-white and nude colors and i've got another area for darker ones darker neutral then i've got an area for uh, the blues and another area for for grays uh, and blacks and then i've got another area for for greens and the red and pinks wow. because these are the the main colors that french women wear and also you've got to be aware of what suits you you got no point in buying a red wardrobe if red just makes you look like you're about to drop dead <laughs> well, of course, this is a, a big thing, you know, the colors. Um, and of course, I've got a, a course for that as well, because I've got courses for almost every, everything. <laughs> but uh, colors is so important in a wardrobe and you need to know what suits you. And to me, all the, well, all the, the techniques and the advice that I give, so always simple. Simple is best. So keep it simple. And the most simple advice I can give women who are not sure which colors suit them is not to, you know, to, uh, to think about complicating, complicated advice, but to, to bring the, the item, you know, of a color to your face uh, in front of a mirror. And if possible, you know, close to a, the natural light and see the effect on your skin. Right. So how do you look with that color close to your face? Does it make you look tired? Do you have suddenly bags under your eyes? Or do you look really fresh as if you come back from a holiday? So, you know, this is the difference between, uh, you know, if you look like you've just come back from a holiday, yes, this is a color that you can wear and the item you can wear. But if you look like you need a holiday, then it is not the color of the item for you. But of course, you know, not just the color, but you can think, okay, over oh, the kind of, color tone fine for me usually suits me but you have to be aware that in different fabrics that color effect will change will be different oh, for really? you mm -hmm. wow i didn't know that yeah you've got some matte 
fabrics, where you have some shiny fabrics, even in the same tone that may suit you, may not suit you. Does the, you know, like when you come back off holiday, talking about holiday, you know, if, if the colour makes you feel, look like you've just come back off holiday. Mm. When you do get a tan, when you come back off holiday, different colours suit you than when you've not got a tan. Is that right? Yes, it changes because, you know, if you have a, a tan, it's going to affect, of course, you know, if you, let's say, you spend a long winter, like let's say you're in Canada and uh, you spend a long winter indoors, you're going to be really uh, pale. Mm. So some colors that may be harsh, for instance, some reds or some whites may not suit you. But when you come back from a holiday, if you get a tan, then, you know, these colors may suit you. So I think it is not helpful i think to think that okay these are my colors i had my colors done and i'm a um, you know autumn slash winter in the wind or on a june evening so i can wear only these colors because that puts you in a box that may not always be right because if you come back from a holiday some color tones aren't going to suit you or they're going to suit you better than other times or you may think oh i can't wear that color apparently but really it may suit you in some that type of fabric or now that you are gray you know if you don't no longer dye your hair that may suit you or may not suit you you know there's so many ways that things change you always have to look at the color okay does that suit me right now and then you know it might suit you right now and then you've got to put it in your wardrobe for six months until your next holiday and you've got a tan or you know it's the middle of winter or whatever right <laughs> Well, yes, because I know if, if I it, middle of winter for me or at the end of winter for me, I'm really quite pale with really rosy cheeks. So red just makes me look awful. But if I've got even the slightest tan, red's a good color on me. And also also in the reds, you have the orange red or the blue red. There's always, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a type of red that may suit you. You have to pick the right. Interesting. The other thing that I really wanted to talk about today was one of the things that I think as older women, we find it really difficult is to get nice clothes that aren't old lady clothes or teenager clothes. Like over here in Australia, that's the problem I find. They're either baggy and shapeless, quite often multi-huge, you know, got lots and lots of different colors or else they're short, tight mini dresses mm. or mini skirts. How do you overcome that? Well, it is difficult. And I, um, I hear many comments, especially on my YouTube channel about that. Women are saying that they live in an area where it's, for instance, very casual and it's difficult for them to, to, to find um, smart, stylish clothes. Or as you said, they live in an area where it's there's not much dress in clothes in the shop because either caters for teenagers or older ladies or something is not really flattering for them. So it is very difficult like that if you live in places like that. And now we can shop online. Right. So this is a way to, to find the clothes that you, that you want because I am, I, I am the same as you. I live in, you know, in the countryside here. Mm. Um, and there's the shops here restricted, you know, there's not, that much choice here even in the main town 20 minutes away so i shop a lot online and um, this is a way to do it for instance you don't quite know what to you know if that suits you or the couple of sizes so it needs to suit you and to fit you perfectly 
and you may colors is the same you may not know you know online if a color is going to suit you but if you do it have a good look again you know if it suits you in the mirror uh, so that you make the right choice yeah your body shape changes as you get older like we mm-hmm. even if we are as slim as we used to be you know we might be the same size but we're going to be a different shape mm-hmm. you talk about all that kind of stuff don't you you talk about both the changing shapes and the different shapes of bodies that we have because it's not just like straight up and down round or square there's lots of different types aren't there well there's lots of different types actually you could even say there's there are as many body shapes as there are people because we are all so different from each other whether in size in height in shape in shape of shoulders or the, the waist and everything but I like, again, I like to keep things simple. And I think just keeping to five body shapes, I think it's the simplest way to do. Don't never complicate things by um, sticking to, um, to 25 body shapes or how many. It's just too difficult for you to, okay, which one am I in? So the most, the easiest, I think, is, is to, to think about five body shapes, apple, rectangle, inverted triangle, pear, uh, and rectangle. I think I said them the five. And, and you have those various shapes in your mind. And you look in the mirror and you see, okay, do I see a rectangle? Or do I see a triangle? Do I see an inverted triangle? Uh, do I see an eyeglass? Because these yeah. are mainly, you know, you're yeah. going to fall mostly, most women are going to fall in one of these categories. And of course, you may be an in-between or you may be a little slightly uh, more of an eyeglass, but not quite because you haven't got the curves. So always go with the one you are the closest shape to. And um, for those who don't know what the body shape is, I offer free equals on exactly that, how you can determine your body shape. It's called Shape Up. So um, go onto your website and get that. Yeah, that's right. On um, howtobechicandelegant.com slash e-courses. And you will see the, that e-course called Shape Up. Cool. And they can enroll for free. What I'll do is put a link up in the notes on the podcast so that you can just click on the link and go to those e-courses. The other thing you do do, which I just find amazing, is you do a daily French chic tips, don't you? Oh, yes. Yes, the French daily. <laughs> yes, I've forgotten about that one. <laughs> it's a subscription. It's a 12-month subscription um for only seven dollars a month and for that you receive seven emails per week so if you subscribe for a year you receive 365 emails per year and in each email you have a technique you have a tip or you have an outfit board you have lots of exercises and tips and techniques for body shapes and this is very popular as well wow uh, but of course, you know, people can unsubscribe at any time. They don't have to subscribe for 12 months. They subscribe per month. Yep. So uh, it's just been very popular as well. How many courses do you offer a year? How, mu- how do the courses work? Well, I have created, I think, probably 26, 27 courses altogether. <laughs> I must count. <laughs> and I have a few more that will come out this year, such as how to minimize your burst, how to elongate your legs. Oh. And a few more with, I can't think of right now, but um, yeah, it's in the pipeline. They've already created. I just have to to uh, format them into standalone, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you so passionate about this 
French chic and style? Well, I think because it helps so many women and women just email me or message me and it's really this advice. This advice has changed their lives and they're happier, they feel more confident and many women like some confidence, especially at the, this stage in our life where, you know, we've, we're older, we're getting maybe close to retirement, we have already retired, children have left the nest, we're no longer at work and we suddenly we've lost a little bit our body shape, as you said, our body shape has changed and we don't quite, don't quite know what to wear. Maybe we're, because, you know, many of us were working in, you know, in an office and we used to wear, you know, this corporate wardrobe and suddenly we're at home and we no longer have no clothes that we can look at and think, mm, that's exciting or stylish, you know, maybe too casual or we don't know anywhere. We don't quite know what to wear and how to wear it. And the many women are lost and they lost their confidence as well. So because, because of this, it's almost kind of a vicious circle. You know, don't go out to meet new people. And because the less they go out, the less confidence they have. And because they have less confidence, they, they don't feel they can go out and mix with people. And suddenly, you know, they, they're getting into the style. They're getting to advice. They're changing their wardrobe. They feel better about those, them themselves. And then they can go out and... This changes their lives. Mm, I agree with that. I think we get to middle age and we're so used to looking after everybody else and making sure everybody else is okay. And we don't really have the time or the energy to put into making sure we look good like we did in our teens and 20s. It, it's just not on our radar screen anymore. So then we get, we hit like 45, 50 and we go, oh, you know, I'm still wearing like for me I just wear my gym kit or I wear my horse riding kit because it's really easy I don't have to think about it there you go I'm dressed that'll do whereas (laughs) (laughs) and partly because I don't know how to shop for stuff I don't know what to look for and I don't really I mean I do know what suits me but it would be nice to just have somebody go, okay this is good for you that's good for you that's not and that I think is part of the service you provide and also how to dress it up and not look dowdy because mm. you use scarves you don't really use jewelry do you but you use a lot mm. of scarves and accessories like that that's right i'm not um i mean too minimal jewelry so you know i would wear pearls for instance or just a silver chain maybe pearly rings i mean you can get away with just one set of pearly rings you know those studs mm-hmm. That you can wear, for instance, with every single thing. Mm. Because let's not forget, when I came back from, we moved back from Mexico, I only brought with me one suitcase of clothes. And in that suitcase of clothes, I included clothes from my husband. So I didn't bring many with me because everything was still uh, in the house, not that hadn't moved with us. So for almost a year, I only had a minimal of clothes. And uh, the jewelry I had and I was wearing on a day-to-day basis with my uh, pearl studs and you can wear those with everything so even if you don't know what to wear for instance jewelry if you wear just a simple pair of pearl studs and don't forget they are stylish you can dress up something casual and it's they're still good for the night yeah. so this is something really versatile items that we like in France as well we like versatile items so thinking of things like that in versatility terms in classic and timeless you can wear a long time but of course some things you may think, you know, if you wear everything, you know, some items you wear all together, 
the look may look a little bit stuffy or kind of old-fashioned. Mm. So now and again, you know, you may bring in a trendy item to bring it in a little bit um, fresh. Right, okay. Fashion, really, when I, when I think of it, is really at the whim of the designer for that season and for that year. So, for instance, mm. in this year, the style is for large jewellery. Mm. It's so very well for large jewellery for people who it suits. And everything in proportion, so large jewellery will uh, flatter large ladies. Mm. The petite women will have to avoid them. The smaller ladies, you know, will have to avoid them. So Uh. women who don't know, were confused, okay, if the trends, I need to buy that. And they will wear those oversized uh, jewellery. That will not suit them. So you see, that's the thing with fashion. They give you everything. Yeah. But you need to know about style. So the style gives you that filter, gives you that kind of the sieve, you know, so that you retain only the things that yeah. suit you. And it's a really hard thing to get to the bottom of because I remember when we lived over in WA, there was a, a little boutique close to us and they used to do fashion shows at the school every Mother's Day. We'd have this big Mother's Day party and they'd grab somebody from each size of clothes, you know, a size 6, 8, 10, 12, And the women that volunteered, we used to do a fashion show for the others. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool because they put stuff on me that I would never have looked twice at. And what was really interesting was the outfits that I hated were the ones that I got the most comments from other people that they really suited me. So that was a really interesting experience. But I ended up with that shop. I'd just go in there once every three or four months And I'd say, right, I need a new wardrobe. And because I'd bought my previous wardrobes from them, they'd just bring stuff to me. I'd be in the change rooms and they'd just kind of throw stuff over and they'd be going, right, this will go with those trousers that you bought last time. Okay, that white top that you got, try this on, you know, because it'll go with it. (laughs) But again, they brought me stuff that I would never have considered. But I haven't found a boutique that does that Mm. over here. And I was fortunate enough to be able to afford to do that. If you've got to go around Target or Myers or one of the other shops like that, you've got to know what you're looking for. And I get into the habit of going for stuff, T-shirts and shorts, because I know they're going to suit me. And I also stick to certain colors because I know that suits me too. Mm. So it's a very Mm. difficult topic. And I'm not surprised you got all the followers. You talk about it really well. Oh, thank you. But um, th- that boutique you mentioned is one in a million. Oh, yeah. And uh, that is fabulous if you can find a place like that. Yeah. Um, because you get the advice and they almost kind of, a, kind of act as a personal shopper oh, for you. Totally. And that is amazing. Yeah, totally. That is amazing. And I've, I mean, yeah. we left Perth back in 2012 and I've still got some stuff that I got from that boutique. Mm. it's good quality and timeless like you say they were timeless pieces there were some that weren't but a lot of them don't look dated today Mm. how do you go about finding shoes what shoes do you wear I don't think I've ever seen a video of yours on shoes do you do shoes yes I did a video on shoes on Monday (laughs) (laughs) that'll teach me to read my emails I also did a video on my summer shoes uh, in the summer, <laughs> would you believe? Uh, so yes, yeah, yeah. So this week I did one on shoes. I bought two new pairs of shoes, Ooh. and again, my shoes are very much a classic style that really I can wear for for years. Yeah. 
and I can wear with, with many things. So again, the, the emphasis on the French wardrobe is really about versatility, right. timelessness, classic styles, mostly neutrals. So we can wear with not only, we can wear for a number of years, but each piece usually works with as many other items as we have. I wish I had your expertise because I really don't. I mean, I walk in the shoe shop and I go, oh, that's so nice. And I buy them and it doesn't go with anything that I actually possess. And they sit at the bottom <laughs> yes. of my wardrobe yeah. gathering dust. <laughs> well, you have to give them some love now and again, then, if you're not going to wear them. <laughs> Mind you, I'm not as bad as my husband. He... He went out the other week and he was looking for some boat shoe loafer kind of thing. He wants them to look a particular way. I've got no idea why he's, what he's got in his head. Anyway, he sends me this photograph and it says, do you like these shoes? And I said, yeah, they look great. So we bought two pairs in different colours. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> well, you know, in a way. That is another, another good way, I think, to do things. For instance, you know, you need, let's say if you have a wardrobe with um, a few colors and you, you know that that style of shoe suits you, fits you, you love them, they are perfect. Uh, and let's say you buy a nude pair because nude pairs can go with every other color. So you know a nude pair of that shoe will go with every item. And let's say you, you, you pick another color with one of your neutrals. So again, you will wear it with a lot of things. So buying two pairs sometimes, it's a good idea. That's actually what he did. He bought a blue pair and a grey pair. And between the two of them, they go with pretty much everything he's got. Yeah, very good. So just yeah. something I've never asked you, but it came up for me before. If you're buying a pair of shoes in France, so I'm assuming you're going to get a very good quality pair. And, and actually, this is a whole other thing to talk about. The shops in France are different to what they are like in the UK and the US and Australia, aren't they? That you generally don't have the big chain stores like we do. They're still the small individually owned boutiques, aren't they? I don't know. You have a um, big chain store, you have supermarkets and you also have big, um, what do you call those? Uh, department stores, for instance, yep. the Galerie Lafayette, Printemps in Paris. Uh, you have these. So they sell clothes in the supermarkets? Yes, they do do supermarket even some uh, some brands as well oh okay um, not the top, top brand obviously but some uh, some good brands in supermarket but uh, we also have shops that are very low priced and not that good quality we don't have just good quality for for shoes in the in the shop in the town close to me there's a shop that sells really really low quality shoes and even as you walk past you can tell they're, they're bad quality so we don't only sell good quality so just to you to to be able to, to know where to shop and where they can afford as well. But what I like though in the shops here is that you can find many sales assistants who will genuinely advise you and give you ideas for outfits. Ah. I like that. That's something I noticed when I came back to France. And, oh, because when I was in, living in Jersey, for instance, you'd go in the shop or when I was shopping in Britain, go shopping for a shop. Oh, yes, it's nice. The sales assistant will tell you, oh, yeah. If you are lucky enough to have a sales assistant to look. <laughs> look after you but in a shoe shop they won't tell you how to wear those shoes mm. they can put the shoe on your foot and tell you okay it really fits you but that's about it but in france they put the shoe on your foot and they, they look at the you know at the, the shoe on you as you walk and they ask you questions how does it feel and everything and they tell you you can wear it with this you can wear it with that 
you can wear it with them. This type of trousers, you can wear that kind of skirt for going out. They give you ideas on the outfits and where to wear it. And I like that. Oh, yeah, I wish they did that over here. They definitely don't do that over here. That's invaluable, I think. But it's also, it's what we're talking about right now. We in Australia, the States and the UK, we don't have that knowledge. We don't have that style awareness to be able to do that Mm. on the whole. (laughs) That was a vast Mm. generalisation, but on the whole. It's funny that because when I grew up in France, I was born in France, grew up in France, and I arrived in Jersey when I was 20, 20 and a half. And um, I, I was, it opened my eyes to style because obviously if you only know one country, the one you're born, you don't know what's really happening in other countries. And I was surprised by many things, how people would wear their clothes, the colors they picked. The style was very different. <laughs> you were like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> you were, weren't you? I hope you're going to cut that off. Yes. <laughs> when we lived in Western Australia, you'd go down to the local shopping centre and you would see people walking around in pyjamas and Ugg boots. It's like, what are you doing? I am still now, because I've, you know, I've heard that many times, and even comments on my YouTube channel, and I've heard it before, and I'm, I'm still surprised now. How on earth can people go out yeah. of their home in unless it's an emergency, the house is on fire, why would they go out in pyjamas, dressing gown, or, and slippers? I just don't comprehend that. I have not seen that in France anywhere. And I don't think it's something French would do. It's just like, no, so frowned upon. And that's the thing with the French. I don't know if we are the only nation on earth. I don't know. But the Italians are very stylish as well. Maybe it's like that there as well. But they, we are, style is important to us. It's due to an image. It's something, you know, you, you project and it's something to do with your kind of character. If you're well-dressed, okay, you have of a good character or something. I don't know if it's like that, but style is very important and you must not dress just any which way. There is a kind of code as the code is that. Neutral, classic, timeless. You have to look good. You must not look ridiculous. Night clothes are for the night. Sportswear is for sports. Day waste for day, evening waste for evening. You know that kind of thing? Mm. That it is very much something we're dear to. We're dear. A dear? A dear. A dear. A dear to. We stick to it. We stick to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Is it a self-respect thing, do you think? Yes. And respect to others as well. So it's not so much about a looking good thing. It's more to do with being respectful. Yes. Well, it's also looking good, but respect, I think, yes. And this is where I'm coming from. It's like fashion is about looking good and style is about respect. Well, you know, style is about looking good because I don't think that everything fashion gives us is about looking oh, good. Totally. Right? So yeah. probably yeah. what fashion gives us, 20% is about looking good. The rest is pretty ridiculous, to be, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> well, style is probably... <laughs> It's a bad respect. We're going to have to cut that bit out, aren't I? I don't know. Do what you like. Oh, that's hilarious. I think that's actually good. It's great that I I agree with you. I mean, I do love fashion, but some of it is just ridiculous. And and this is why it doesn't not serve women very well if if they don't know the difference between fashion and style because... 
if many, many people who, okay, going to buy everything that is trendy, I mean, if you think that 80% of what they bring out is ridiculous or does not suit the most of the population, mm. then many people will make a mistake mm. of wearing things that don't look good on them. Like one time, not that long ago, it was the fashion of over-large, oversized bags. Well, petite women cannot wear oversized bags because it's not in proportion of body, um, with the body size, um, you know, the body proportion. And also last, well, in the summer, it was a fashion of those micro bags that are more like a purse. I mean, you know, plus size women cannot mm. wear these because it's out of proportion. Again, you have to keep the proportion and you don't hear much about proportions anywhere on style but proportion is very important no you don't do you and it's funny you say that about, about the bag because i bought myself um a backpack a few years ago to put my laptop and everything else in and it was a, a speedo backpack the swimming brand mm. and i was walking around one day john picked me up and he said do you realize you look like a five-year-old going to school with his big backpack on his <laughs> <laughs> thank you said it's just too big for you like it's just you look like a turtle carrying its shell on its back ninja turtle but i hadn't even thought about proportion and it's something that you know if you're not taught about proportion it's not something you're going to think about no and this is something i always advise women it's one of my main tips is to own a full-size mirror and to actually use that mirror to look at yourself from top to, you know, from the top of your head to your, to your shoes, all in a one and actually look. Because women are, oh, yeah, good, and they walk off. They don't actually look. Guilty. You know, yes. <laughs> they don't actually look. Okay, what am I looking at? Because, okay, I look. What am I looking at? Women don't know what to look at because they haven't been taught. No. And this is why, in a way, I am kind of frustrated by the fashion world because they don't teach women about style about how looking good it's all about the new trend is this buy my stuff but it's not about education and it's not really okay the end result is we want women to look good feel good look and feel beautiful mm. you know yeah. at the end of the day but the fashion it's not about that so it's up to the person to educate themselves to know about style and start what suits them so that they can look and feel beautiful. That is so cool. I like that. I do. That is really good. <laughs> Actually, I should say something about the fact that you won't switch your video on because you haven't done your hair yet this morning. No, don't, please. <laughs> we can wrap it up there if that's all right. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Marianne. I really appreciate it. Oh, but thank you very much again for inviting me on your podcast. It was really enjoyable. And we have touched on so many topics. And I hope all these tips and techniques you know, uh, will help your, your listeners. If you're willing, I would like to make this a fairly, uh, well, not a fairly. I would like to make this a regular thing where you come on and talk about something. But obviously this podcast was like a, a general thing about what you do and we just got on got, a, got into a bit of detail in some of it <laughs> but it'd be great if we could make this a regular feature a style feature would you be up for that oh that would be lovely i would enjoy it yes i'd love that because we i don't think like we haven't done as much laughing as we normally do in this podcast. We came across quite serious. Normally <laughs> we just spend the entire time laughing. <laughs> we do. So thank you very much, Marianne. You're welcome. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. I'm Karen O'Connor. Join me next time for more conversation, laughter and fun as we navigate our way through all the things that midlife throws at us. Please click on the subscribe button so you get notifications of new episodes. And don't forget that all the links and information that we've spoken about in this podcast is available on the podcast page of my website. If you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to chat about, or if you have an inspiring story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. And constructive feedback is always welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.